So uh, we saw Mission Impossible Fallout this weekend, or well, maybe you saw it a different weekend, but I saw it this weekend, and uh, I actually I watched both of them, both the previous movie, the which I think is Rogue Nation, and Fallout in the same day because I realized, as I've discussed before, I have not seen Rogue Nation. I know that a lot of these movies are kind of standalone on their own, but. I decided I'm going to go ahead and watch that other one just to make sure. And I'm actually glad I did because it gave a lot of context to things that were going on in Fallout. Yeah, I was really glad whenever you texted me and said that you were going to watch that one because I already had a note to go and reread all the Wikipedia like synopsis of the last one because Mm -hmm. the first, I don't know how long of this movie, I was like, trying to piece together like what happened in rogue nation again yeah i didn't realize it was the same bad guy until i started watching rogue nation i was like hey this is the same actor that that's in the trailer for the new movie and i put that together yeah i'm kind of glad i watched this yeah yeah it's it's one of those things where i think if you just watch this on your own like context clues would be plenty yeah to get it but it's definitely nice to have that context too yeah so just, I mean, I know we're not reviewing Rogue Nation, but Rogue Nation was every bit as incredible, by the way. Uh, I'm just about yes. two years too late for that. I mean, I'll just say this. Overall in the series, um, I'm trying to think if there's another series that's like this. It really is unique. It is. like it, It's definitely gotten better as it goes on, and I can't really think of a lot of things that are like that that aren't. Not meaning like I'm discounting things like Lord of the Rings. That's all one narrative, uh, you know. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing that's so weird about it is like it's not some super long-term play. It's a bunch of individual movies, many of which have different directors, mm-hmm. a lot of different actors between them. And somehow it has a really consistent like uh, style. Yeah. You know, they're all going to have a bunch of really great like action sequences, really good stunts and absurd amounts of like twists and kind of craziness. Mm -hmm. But like they're all standalone and can have their own kind of feel to them as well. If that makes sense. They all feel very competent. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. Like, uh, so uh, just side note, (laughs) setting aside uh, mission impossible Two, Yeah. yeah. Which isn't necessarily not competent but i would not call that a good movie <laughs> no I, I don't even remember what it was about like because i just remember being so dissatisfied uh, slow motion long-haired bike that's pretty much but no I, i'll say this like just like the i guess cinematography or and all that sort of stuff is just it all feels so solid and the only thing i can kind of compare it to not being not knowing really how to describe it uh, any other way is uh so i was watching movies with my uh brother and his wife this weekend and we rented the tomb raider which i hadn't seen yet the the newer one the new one yeah oh i haven't seen it yet to be honest i didn't finish it and it was just because it was really late and i fell asleep it wasn't necessarily a bad movie i couldn't tell you if it was or not right but i just remember thinking like after having watched uh one of the mission impossible movies like this is just not like mission impossible is on such a higher level as far as what it looks like and feels like than this sort of movie. Not saying that that one was necessarily bad. It's just, I don't know. Like it seems like whoever's behind. There is a, there is a very, very real talent behind action sequences. Yeah. And the last, uh, what four, like mission impossible three, four, five, and now six have had 
incredible action sequences, especially four, five, and six. Brad Bird and then Christopher McQuarrie with the last two. McQuarrie, I don't know how you say his name. Yeah. Those two guys especially are unbelievable at like directing action sequences and continuing to drive a plot or drive the like suspense of action forward without it getting too far i don't know i feel like there's a point where like a movie can keep pushing and pushing and then it'll kind of pop Mm -hmm. and these movies keep you right at that like edge like you never like bust out of the movie and there were so many parts of this movie where it finally like slowed down and you kind of realize like you were taking a breath like oh okay i can kind of like calm down again yeah in a way that is Amazing, yeah, it, I think. It because, okay, so there's lots of movies where suspense is killed whenever you know the character isn't going to die. Like, for instance, I know Tom Cruise. Oh, that's the other thing these have. Well, I'll, I'll just say this, though. Like, I feel like they do a good job, even though I know Ethan Hunt's not going to die here because there's a whole other movie that I haven't seen yet. Right. I, it still, like, makes me nervous, like, particularly in... Uh, which I don't want to talk too much about Rogue Nation, but like in Rogue Nation, there's... And, well, let's just go ahead and say there's going to be spoilers for all the Mission Impossible movies here. Yeah. So in so in Rogue Nation, there's that whole sequence where they jump inside the... They're trying to switch like a, a person the profile for Simon thing? Pegg. Yeah, and he jumps in the, the water profile thing and those arms oh, keep going by. And like just the whole thing that you're holding your breath for that long, like the whole thing, you know he's going to make it out and all that, but it's still just like nerve-wracking well and like i don't know how much you follow follow this stuff but a big thing that they make a big deal out of is a large amount of these stunts are both a real stunts yeah that are actually you know they're actually doing a lot of this stuff and b a lot of them are actually tom Tom cruise Cruise doing exactly and in that movie i think the big one in that one was the airplane like they legitimately strapped him to the side of a plane and took off. Yeah, I, I think I think I saw a comedian online like, I think it was this movie series described it as like uh, action jackass, <laughs> <laughs> like action movie jackass or something like that, because it's just a uh, you know a sixty year old millionaire just beating himself up for us for a couple <laughs> yeah. hours. I feel like that's a Jackie Chan movie. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> but like, yeah, there's so many parts of this movie, uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, especially that. I felt that like this is six. This is yeah. six. Yeah, I believe yeah. this is six. There were so many parts where like I'm sitting there like, I don't know if this is real or if this is CG or whatever it is, but like it feels like at any point somebody's bone could break yeah. or, you know, you could slip and fall or whatever. Like, it, I don't know, I, something about I'll say the only action movies like this that I th- that I can think of that are at least on the same level to a degree, whether or not the stories themselves go up and down, is uh, the British version of this series, which is James Bond, the newer ones. Ah, yeah, yeah. Like, that, that's another one where, like, again, like, discounting the stories, because I, I, I don't really care for two and four, but one and two and all four of them all have just incredible, as far as the the competence and the filmmaking itself is just incredible and like the action sequences they come up with and all that sort of stuff that would be the only thing i can think of that's sort of as good as this as far as now i will say i think we're both out of the loop on this i think a lot of people put the fast and the furious movies sort of on this level as far as action movies go but i can't really yeah i have heard that i i mean i've seen uh you know some of the earlier ones and i wouldn't necessarily say that they felt that way but 
They seem to be rated well. It did seem like they changed at some point. Like, once yeah. they started yeah, be. adding the rock, like, the back four <laughs> were apparently incredible, which I, I don't know. So I think part of, uh, before we get into sort of some of the more specific points here, I think one of the things that makes it work so well with these is because it's not part of this giant narrative arc. Yeah. Everybody other than Ethan Hunt felt on the table to die. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there were so many parts where I was like, holy cow, they're like, Simon Pegg's going to die here. Like, I think they might actually do it. And, oh, no, they're not going to do it. And, like, you're kind of playing that game of, like, is the director doing this or not? And then you're back in the story, and then you're back into, like, yeah, are they really going to kill him here? And then you're back in the story, like, and it just kind of keeps your blood going the whole time. Now, I'll, I'll also say this. So, before we dig into the plot, like, one of my favorite standout characters both in this movie and the previous one which i these are the only two movies i've ever seen her in but rebecca ferguson was incredible in both of these movies like i had no this is the other the uh mi6 spy what is her name ilsa ilsa she's the british one yeah ilsa ilsa faust yeah she i thought she was yeah great. i, thought she like, I had no idea where she came from or if she does acting elsewhere but like i just thought she was <laughs> no this is the only acting gig she's ever had yeah like i don't know like she actually seemed like uh how do i put it because i i don't want to say this like make it sound like something it's not but like she actually seems like formidable like uh, like she actually seems like she can do everything that she's doing yeah they, they didn't play her as just like a, a sex symbol like exactly you might expect in a spy like in a james bond movie yeah and like a lot of times in movies, like action movies, they'll just cast someone that looks good, whether it's a guy or a girl, and you always think, like, that person couldn't beat up that huge guy, but in this movie, like, I, f- I believed that she probably could, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. She definitely felt, yeah, formidable is definitely a really good word for that. Yeah. But, yeah, and, and she just, I mean, again, I don't, I know these aren't movies that necessarily, like, showcase acting, but... I thought she did really well for her part. Like she was very believable and and like had me going too because I wasn't sure whether she was a good guy or a bad guy at least in the in the the first one and I wasn't sure how adversarial her role would be in this next one as well, the one in Fallout. Yeah, I feel like all of these movies have that element to them where they're just going to keep tricking you and so you start looking for them. Yeah. And especially this one, I feel like Rogue Nation had a little bit more of the like all right, just tell me what's going on feeling. Like, I didn't feel, like, delighted that I was getting surprised the same way. Mm. This one, I feel like there were so many twists that <laughs> yeah. really, really worked for me. Like, like I'm I'm actually like, glad that one twist came out the way it was because I was starting to scratch my head for a second when that was the whole uh, Wolf Blitzer thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, how are they going to deal with this? And then I finally was like, oh, right, they have the face thing. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, what are they going to say? They, like, recruited Wolf Blitzer? I always forget about that. It's, like, it's such a normal thing in the series, and it, they it's very established, and I, I always forget about it. It's because they don't do it all the time. They always do it, like, once or twice in a movie. Yeah. The first one had it a bunch of times, I feel like. But other than that, yeah, it's, like, it's not overused, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, Henry Cavill being the annoying good guy now he's a friend like there was a point where you know i was making mental notes for you know what we would talk about and i was like i'm so glad they didn't make him a bad guy because 
the trailers have made it sound like he was going to be the enemy. And I was like, man, that's really kind of almost a twist to me that they made him actually a good guy. Right. And then like, not, you know, a minute later is when end of the second act. He's, he's like that whole, um, like CIA, MI6, double cross, triple cross deal was, (laughs) I loved all of that. Like, I, yeah, it was very followable. Yeah. I didn't feel like I was confused. And each twist, I was like, oh, gosh, like, uh, duh, I'm stupid. And then it would do it again on me. And then it would do it again on me. <laughs> Especially when, like, the CIA head, I forget her name, was like, uh, I've got them. And then Henry Cavill's like, do you? And then all like all his dudes just turn and <laughs> shoot people. I was like, this is... That was the point where it crossed into camp, but I was totally fine with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was a couple <laughs> things like that. But, yeah, they you're just sort of okay with it. And, and that, that another thing was, like I said, the Wolf Blitzer thing. I was sort of like, okay, this is kind of a stretch, but it's fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's within the bounds of the universe that they set up. So uh, Right. But no, I yeah, this movie was... I, I'll just say this. like So I liked uh, Fallout a lot, which was... Or I'm sorry, uh, what was it? Ghost Protocol a lot. That was the one that I saw back... Yes, the Brad Bird one. Yeah, that was a very good movie. And I remember really enjoying it and having a lot of fun with it. But I couldn't tell you what the story was. It was just, you know people trying to get nukes to blow things up which i realize that's a plot device kind of in a lot of this because that's typically what terrorists are trying to do but i will say in both rogue nation and fallout they felt like a single piece if that makes sense because they're dealing with the same villain and sort of the fallout of all of that hence the name and uh i really got into the actual story itself i think for the first time not just the big action stuff even while that's obviously why you're watching the movie. Like I was actually very entertained by the story itself. Like I got a kick out of the idea of there's this whole like society that was set up to work outside of nations. And they, they got upset because they were having to kill innocent people. They felt like, so they were going to try and do these big elaborate things to try and make peace. Like all of that, which bled into this movie as well, because it's the same villain. Like, I found all of that really interesting where I can't remember the exact motivations and specifics of a lot of the other Mission Impossible movies, if that makes sense. Yeah, to me, it fell more, this one, like, worked a little more for me than Rogue Nation. But Rogue Nation to me is, uh, outside of two, the one that I feel like I remember the least about. Like, it fell into that kind of like, okay, it's another one of these things. Hmm. To me, the best one was probably three in terms of that in terms of the story yes it was more personal yeah and the philip seymour hoffman was great amazing like i definitely think he was the best villain Uh, i would say though that the second best villain is henry cavill yeah i don't really care for the like (laughs) villain villain in this one i don't i already forgot his name but henry cavill was awesome (laughs) i really really liked him like his sort of nonchalantness all the time it took a second to get used to him not being superman because as as awful as the dc portrayal of superman has been he does feel like superman to me yeah i i for whatever reason he feels like henry cavill playing superman when i see him in superman like i almost think of him more as uh i can't remember the character name but from man from uncle uh yeah from man from uncle yeah the like american spy from that I think of him as more like that than I do Superman. Gotcha. Okay. 
because Superman just for whatever reason leaves no impact on me at all. <laughs> so to me, him being in spy movie just like fit right in. Yeah. I yeah, I, I thought it was great and that was the also the reason for the mustache kerfuffle in uh Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't not think about that like the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> um and, and it wasn't necessarily necessary either, it's just sort of funny. No, I yeah, uh Henry Cavill was awesome in this movie. Like like you said, he kind of seemed like sort of the dumb uh CIA agent that's meant to go along with him at first and then you know, once he makes you know, you get certain reveals and stuff and you realize he's sort of a lot more intelligent than he makes himself out to be, like, is kind of cool. I just love, like, I feel like I was looking for him to turn the whole movie. And I kid you not, it was minutes before he they revealed his, like, double-crossedness when I had that thought. Man, I'm glad they never did that. And then, and then immediately they did, and it just made me smile really big because I'm like, <laughs> you guys, like, you just completely got me. Like, I don't know, it was a, like a weird feeling. Yeah. Um, I, I actually, uh, one of my favorite scenes is, I mean, it's probably the big one from the trailer too, was the bathroom fight. Yeah. I just thought that was incredible. Like everything felt like it had like impact as far as like actual so much like energy, yeah. and I love. I mean, I really like Tom Cruise. I know that's not super popular, but oh, yeah, just generally too. speaking, I really, really like Tom Cruise and most Tom Cruise movies. And these movies especially, I feel like, really showcase his sort of like... He has like a sort of Jackie Chan fighting style where he doesn't seem in control. Like he's reacting. Yeah. If that makes Looks sense. Looks exhausted, slowly gets up. and <laughs> Yeah. And pairing him up with Henry Cavill was like, a perfect pairing because he's just like all muscle and brute force and strength and tom cruise definitely has the like i'm gonna have to outsmart you because i'm physically capable but i'm not near i'm not the better person in this fight right. like i'm gonna have to outthink you and i definitely i don't know i just yeah that it, worked. It really worked really well and that scene especially i feel like showcased all of that okay so something i didn't realize until re- way late in the movie is um did you realize that, uh, so there was after that bathroom scene, the whole reason he's there is because he's impersonating the, the guy that's trying to get the uh, plutonium or whatever it is they're trying, uranium, whatever. Right. What is plutonium? Is that a fictitious thing? What am I t- No, plutonium's a real okay. thing. Anyways, uh, I, I was just worried I got it mixed up with like a Spider-Man plot or something. No. <laughs> but anyways, the, the, the girl that they're meeting, I forget her name, that's like brokering the deal for them. I can't remember, but I was going to ask you, is that Max's like daughter from the first Mission Impossible? Uh, I have no idea. Do you remember the first Mission Impossible? Yes. So you remember that the... John Voight? No, no, no. The like dealer in that one. Mm. That he, he has to get the... He's, I think, buying the database from her. No. She's like an arms dealer or something. Her name is Max. Oh, gotcha. Right, because remember he goes to max.com to like look him up on a really like 90s version of like Usenet forums or something. And I thought at the beginning of that scene where they showed the arms dealer in in Mission Impossible Fallout, I thought she said like something about, do you you all remember Max or whatever? And I was like, oh, is that the same person? Do you mean Job? I thought Job was his name. His like name and the thing. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it, but yeah. Anyway, she was like, if if she was supposed to be like a relative of Max, she did an incredible job at it because she like perfectly encapsulated the like mannerisms of whoever that actress was in the first Mission Impossible. 
Like I thought she was amazing at portraying that thing, which maybe she wasn't even trying to do, but the whole time I'm just like, man, she's nailing that if that's what she's supposed to be doing. And I forgot to look it up. Do you also know what else she's from? Uh, she looked really familiar and I couldn't, I don't remember. She is Princess Margaret. Princess Margaret. From the crown. Oh, she is. Okay. Yes. Yeah. She's her sister. Yeah. I knew I recognized her. Yeah. The whole time I was like, I know who that is. And then I figured, I was like, oh, she's in the crown. <laughs> yep. But uh, any whoms. Yeah. I, I thought she was good too. Ah, I just looked it up. It is that is supposed to be Max's daughter. Oh, okay, that makes some sense. So, then. yeah, nice. I'm kind of proud of myself. <laughs> Was there any love lost with Alec Baldwin? I I like him. I think he's good in that role. Yeah, you know, I didn't really think much of him. I, I don't even know when he came into the series. Yeah, that was the thought I had while watching. I'm like, that's the weird thing about the series is like people just kind of float in and float out, which is what I was saying. Like everybody feels disposable other than tom cruise so like it makes me feel like anybody could die because like i don't even know when you showed up and i don't remember who was in your place beforehand did that person die i don't even know (laughs) so um without just like trying to go through the plot here what would you say your favorite action set piece was in this movie because that's kind of what they're known for i feel so i think that's worth discussing yeah i mean i really liked a lot of the bike chase stuff mm. and car chase stuff. It gave me some really serious, like, born uh, vibes. Oh, yeah, true. And I thought that was really good. But I think my favorite was probably the um, skydiving thing skydiving. sequence. Oh. So yeah. when they jump out of the plane and <laughs> the I think it all... Yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> but, like, that all took place in, like, what looked like, anyway, a single take. Mm-hmm. And... I didn't really notice it. Like, I looked it up later because I was like, did that all happen at once? But it wasn't what I was focused on. It was just like, it felt like the ground just kept getting closer and closer and closer. And I don't know. I just, it was like a really well-constructed sequence that also just felt very different than anything I've ever seen, if that makes Mm. sense. Yeah, yeah. And so I I like want to watch it again. I would say for me, it was probably, which may be cliche, but I really liked the helicopter stuff at the end, mainly because the entire time I was just thinking, like, what do you do with a helicopter? <laughs> what is your goal? Yeah, like, what, what do <laughs> yeah. you, like, if you catch up with them, then what? Like, you don't have a gun, and he's firing at you. Like, I wasn't sure. And then whenever he's like, he's trying to ram us, I was like, I guess I guess that's an option, but... <laughs> yeah, th- it, that worked for me, but it, it, it was a little close to the campsite for me. Yeah. Because I'm like, really, you're going to survive this? And then they crash and he somehow survives. And then it's like the two fall down and then they're both like climbing up the cliff together. That was where I started getting in the like, I'm gripping the edge of my seat and I'm just like, just come on, <laughs> just like get to it. Like, I know this is going to work out, but good God. Yeah. In, in tandem with, is Simon Pegg going to get hung or not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The difference is, I like I kept thinking, like, maybe they are going to kill him. And then, like, they've been stretching this out too long. There's no yeah. way they're going to kill him. And then something would happen. I'm like, oh, my gosh, they are going to kill him. So that one worked for me a little bit more. Yeah. Well, not that the other one didn't, but that's why, to me, it's a little bit lower than some of the other ones. And I agree with what you said earlier. One, one of the things that I liked about their, like, person-to-person fight between Henry Cavill and... um and Tom Cruise at the end of the movie was in, in, in a fight, I feel like Henry Cavill would just take him out easily. And, uh, the fact that they had him win by having to do something that 
wasn't just pure physicality was a good move. Like right. they had, you know, yeah, the hook yeah. thing and the and it hit him in the face and drag him down. Like that was that yeah. was great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, also that whole uh sequence of him running through the city and trying to chase Henry Cavill who's like walking casually. Yeah. Uh, that whole <laughs> sequence was amazing because it like leaned into the like sort of meme joke of uh, Tom Cruise running being in every movie yeah. and like <laughs> it was almost making fun of that and the scene where he's about to jump out the window and everybody's just looking at him like confused that was all that was all really great so my only criticism of these movies which I realize it's something that you sort of have to buy into in order to and to even make a movie like this is the end uh, actual scenario, I feel like if you analyze it, unless I just missed some detail, I feel like it didn't make a whole lot of sense. So I understand their, the, the, the motivation of the terrorists and all that. We're going to blow up these two bombs, kill everybody you ever loved just, just for kicks and grins. I, I get that part of it. But the whole, like, you can't disarm them. Like, you have to cut these two wires at the same time and there's a trigger. Oh, yeah. And it's on a 15-minute timer. It's like... Why would it be on a 15-minute timer? Like, why wouldn't it just be Henry Cavill drives off and sets it off? I guess the 15 minutes was so that he could get out of range because he didn't want to die? Yeah, that's what they that's what they said. Oh, okay. He's like, 15 minutes, that ought to give you enough time to get out of range. Okay, okay. So that makes so that makes some sense then. I was just thinking, like... <laughs> I mean, it's pretty contrived. But, well, well but even then, like, why would there be a switch that you have to hit in order to cut the two wires? Like, then it would just be, right. well, I'll wait 15 minutes and then I'll blow these up sort of thing. I don't know. There, there's some things like that, but uh, yeah, yeah th- that's not a big deal because that's sort of like par for the course for these types of movies. But right, there was a couple things like that. Where it's like, wait a second, but why wouldn't they just blow it up? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, okay. So the 15 minute thing makes sense. Then. Yeah. The only other the only other part I have in my notes that we haven't talked about yet is the music. They, I thought the music was actually really great. I don't know who did it, but. It was like an interesting like mix of, you know, modern sort of action music. Yeah. And then like it would randomly layer in these like 80s, 90s uh, spy movie like vibes. And then every once in a while it would layer in the, I don't know what years the TV show was going. But, yeah, you know, those themes that are even like more sort of over the top. And I feel like they all blended in really well together and... And, like, paired with the cinematography, like, every once in a while they'd, like, pull out, like, the zoom lens, which is sort of uh, emblematic of that, like, spy thriller uh, classic noir style movie. And then at that point, you'd hear that, like, bass guitar or whatever that instrument is that's kind of that certain weird old style that you hear in spy movies all the time. And I don't know, it all felt like it melded together really well. Yeah. No, I, I yeah, I, I always like that the Mission Impossible music seems out of time. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I always it, And it. the whole movie had weird elements that felt out of time. Right. No, I agree. So the only other section of the movie that I actually thought was done really well was I was legitimately wondering how they were going to handle the whole uh, where they were trying to intercept the, the guy to pick him up initially before the bike chase and all that stuff. They were clearly like troubled about like well we'd have to be part of this plan that kills all these cops or whatever and right he was uncomfortable with that but he's playing like this horror this horrible person and i was legitimately wondering like how is how are they going to uh take care of this 
scenario where he doesn't have to do that or are they actually going to try and do something gutsy and actually have him do something morally gray which i didn't think they would, they'd end up doing but i was just trying to figure out like what else could he possibly do here that would work that would work out to where that wouldn't happen and it made it made sense i just wasn't expecting it where he just rams the car and pushes into the water i thought it was great yeah i definitely liked that there's lots of things where it's just like i don't know if i would have thought of that <laughs> yeah it's just really like creative like like even even writing the script yeah that that's one thing i've noticed in these movies is like uh a lot of the solutions to the things are people just thinking really long and hard about what options would they have in front of them in this scenario and right and and doing like you said really creative things to solve them yeah because they don't like overuse the gadgets even though when they have the gadgets they're you know pretty fantastical right but like it doesn't feel cheap if that makes sense like like for example the one you were just talking about that one i felt like i was like it was kind of nah what's the word it was in my head it was like telegraphed ahead of time like i was like oh okay He's going to take these buses out and he's going to ram them here. Mm. But I think it's just that all of these things, they, they're not like tricking you in the sense. I mean, they are tricking you with a lot of the, the plot twists, but like a lot of the action sequences feel very believable and they like give you all the pieces beforehand. And most of them totally surprise me. And then afterwards you're like, oh, that's clever. Like, I see how you did that. And so then on other ones, you can kind of figure it out. So it doesn't feel like they're just hiding details from you like i love the oceans movies but the oceans movies are intentionally hiding all the details from you to slowly like dole them out and in this one i feel like it's not really doing that it's giving you the sort of absurd scenario and you might be able to work out what it is they're going to do the only time i think this this movie series well that i can remember off the top of my head did this was in rogue nation and that in the ending part there was no telegraphing that they were going to... They kind of did an Ocean's Eleven type thing where um, whenever they put him in the glass thing at the end of the movie and like get him, like trap him there, like there was nothing mm-hmm. to say that they were doing that beforehand. They were just like, okay, that sounds good type of thing. And then the plan plays out. But um, I do agree with you for the most part. A lot of that stuff, like, like for instance, the neck tracer, like that definitely happened. And then they show you later... Remember when this happened? Like, we actually put one of our tracers in his neck as well. Yeah, I guess that's true. They do still do a lot of the misdirection stuff. Uh, or not misdirection, but, like, the hiding the plot details from you. Yeah. But, uh, no, I, I don't know. I, I Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I, my question is, do you think that in the future... Um, will Tom Cruise be playing this role until he dies? Or do you see a James Bond-type scenario that we do as Americans where this just goes on indefinitely and there's different eras of someone else playing Ethan Hunt. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Cause it doesn't feel like James Bond where it's the character like yeah. Ethan Hunt doesn't feel like this iconic character to me. Tom Cruise feels like the iconic character. Like yeah. it literally feels like it is him. How do you replace him? I mean, you know, they easily could, right? But it would be a different movie because a big part of these movies is it's, Tom Cruise, this sort of like lovable, goofy guy who can do all these crazy stunts and really is involved in a lot of the process for how all of that works. And so you you have to find somebody who has like that level of charisma, but also is willing and able to do stunts like that or else it's going to be 
a different experience. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's going to be bad. It's not the only thing that these movies have to offer, but it would be hard to keep it going. Yeah. And I almost feel like it's more likely that they just add, they layer in a new character. I just don't like the only thing what's weird is I'm, I'm, I'm more afraid of getting another mission impossible movie with Tom Cruise. That's not good. Like, I don't want that to ever happen. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. I mean, we, you know, we already got mission impossible too. So yeah. Yeah. I can't. And the nice thing is again, it's like, because these movies aren't part of this giant grand narrative, it's no big deal to just skip one. Yeah. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter at all. And so if there's a bad one, it's like, Oh, well, well, that was fun. Fun thing to try. Let's move on to the next thing. I'm just kind of looking forward to like maybe 20 years from now, whenever he's, you know, pushing 80. And he's still jumping off of mountains or something. Yeah, it's it's been 15 years since the last movie. And then all of a sudden this trailer comes out and he's old and like hurting himself again. And <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Tom Cruise doesn't age. That's, that's the moral of the story. I, I, it is true. Like, he really doesn't. It is weird. It you know what's going to be really weird? Next year, Top Gun Two is going to come out. Oh yeah, and it has both Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer. Mm. Those are two people who have aged at very different uh, speeds. Are they are they a couple <laughs> in the new movie? I sure hope so. <laughs> I I thought that there was... better be a recreation of the volleyball scene. I think in, in like yeah, I was gonna say like. Isn't there like a famous video of like Tarantino like going on a rant about how the subtext of the whole movie is about their relationship? I don't know. It's something <laughs> I don't know. Crazy like that. I, don't I have. I have. Uh, I just rewatched that very recently with my family, and <laughs> it holds up exactly as I remember it, which is uh, great and uh, definitely uncomfortable in, 80s. in parts. Yeah, <laughs> and uncomfortable in parts. Yes. Yeah. It's a. It's a strange uh, style. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Top Gun 2 is. But, yeah, seeing Tom Cruise, who feels like he hasn't aged at all, next to Val Kilmer, who feels like he has aged it, faster than a normal human being. Is it going to be about them? Or is I, I thought it would oh, I have, have no to idea. be like they're like now Top Gun instructors and now new young crew is coming in and they have like, I don't know, Chris Pine and Bradley Cooper or something. <laughs> I mean, it probably will have younger people and they will probably be instructors or something, but there's no way Tom Cruise isn't going to be flying. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. yeah uh, the guy who directed uh, Tron Legacy and Oblivion is the one directing it. Oh, cool. And I think he's shown us that he can do uh, flight, you know, sequences yeah. pretty well. So that should be good. They're certainly pretty movies. Yeah. Good good uh good looking movies right let's do the the let's let's wrap up and do the rotten tomato score uh okay yeah yeah what would you what would you give this movie i think i'd give it like a like an 80 85 i'm i'm with the i'm with most of the the critics on the rotten tomato score i give it about a strong 90 oh yeah i would say it's up there it really is like a perfect execution of the type of movie it is yeah the the only reason i'd give it a little bit lower is there's a weird thing with these movies and like the James Bond movies are exactly the same way for me where I might really enjoy them while I'm watching them. But like I took notes right after the movie Mm -hmm. and then whenever we were getting ready, I was like going through my notes before we recorded and it was like, I can't believe how immediately I forgot almost all of this movie. Mm. 
Like, it's just a string of really good action sequences, but, like, the story and plot of the movie have almost no impact on me at all. See, sometimes I think that I I would absolutely agree with that, along with James Bond as well. But there are a couple that stand out to me. And I know you said you didn't agree on these latter two, but, like, for me, in this series, it would be three and then these these latter two. I think, like, I actually liked the story and remembered it. Um but and like not that we're doing James Bond cast, but James Bond, I, I really like Casino Royale and the third one as well. But um, because I thought they were kind of personal stories and Mission Impossible. You mean Skyfall? Yeah, Sky. Uh, was Skyfall the second one? I thought. Yeah, no, no, Skyfall. Second one yeah. was Quantum of no, Solace. No, you're right. Skyfall. Second, Daniel Craig one anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Skyfall and Casino Royale, I really liked because I felt like they were more personal stories, and these don't get as personal, but. The actual story and concept behind Rogue Nation and continuing on into Fallout, I I don't know. For some reason, I really liked it. It could just be because I recently watched it, but um, it's it's the, like even with Ghost Protocol, I kind of felt like what you said, where I liked it, enjoyed it. I even watched it several times. I still couldn't tell you what the actual plot was. I just remember, oh, he's crawling on a thing in Dubai, and then there's a sandstorm. Right, yeah, and exactly. You know, that's that type of stuff. So yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like that's. Uh, just kind of a part of the genre where, for me, whatever reason, they don't they don't stick in my brain. But that's the only reason why I wouldn't put it up as high as you know some other ones. Yeah, like I said, I I saw this, and then you know I'm trying to get as much out of Movie Pass as I can before it implodes. And so, and I also saw Sorry to Bother You, mm-hmm. and that one obviously not a big budget movie or whatever, but it's like that has been stuck in my brain, and I've been thinking about it, and it you know actively sort of gnaws at me. Yeah. And there's other big action movies that kind of do that too, where the direction or whatever it is about them like sits with me. Something about these movies is like, I am actively engaged more than a normal movie. But then afterwards it's like, it just kind of falls out of my brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's nothing heavy. It's not like earth shattering. It's not contemplative or anything like that. It just does. Yeah. I guess that's what it is. It's like those specific shots that were just really good or those specific sequences that were really good kind of stay with you mm-hmm. but like how you got there or what that led to it's like i can't even remember anymore <laughs> yeah and and killing alec baldwin wasn't enough of a emotional grab for me no <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah cool if you want a good time at the movie theater if you haven't seen it already i'm sure mission impossible will be there for a few more weeks yeah, and definitely uh, a worthy of a big movie screen and big surround sound. Yep. And if you liked Mission Impossible 2, go ahead and unsubscribe from our podcast now. <laughs> we'll just put the sound of slow motion birds flapping uh, <laughs> at the end of this to give you give you your Mission Impossible 2 vibes. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know. Is that central to the movie? <laughs> uh, that's all I remember. Okay. I don't <laughs> so, I literally uh, don't, I don't remember know. anything about that movie. There's a lot of slow motion. It was John Woo and it had that yeah. like gun foo thing that he was always doing and it was like slow motion he was on a bike and i feel like there was a lot of shots of birds like flying. i just remember the bike 
and I remember he's always like chasing some girl on a bike. Yeah, and in his long like, hair. Yep, yeah, long hair, Tom. Not crazy about that. Last Samurai, Tom. Well, it was fine in that because it made sense, but I, I guess <laughs> short hair definitely is the best looking Tom Cruise. Yeah. What what era of Tom Cruise is your favorite looking Tom Cruise? I'm I'm fine with current era Tom Cruise or War of the Worlds Tom he, Cruise. He does look good with the with the salt and pepper. Yeah, yeah just regular, good old Tom Cruise. A little too much in Collateral Tom Cruise, but yeah, yeah, that was a bit extreme. Yeah, which um, was a good movie, by the way. But yeah, and I think like late nineties, uh, you know, as you're getting into World of the Worlds era, I think things are good. I'm not crazy about the young Tom Cruise. Something's a little off-putting there. Did you ever see? Uh, you saw American Made, didn't you? The one where he's like a pilot, or yeah, yes, yes, I did. That was the first Movie Pass movie I saw. I never saw that. Is that good? Very good. I really liked it. Yeah, because it's on HBO. I've been thinking about watching it. Yeah, I'd watch it. It's not like um, you know the most amazing film you'll ever see, mm-hmm. but it's a really, really interesting story, and it's just fun. Yeah, okay. so definitely, yeah, worth watching if it's like on a streaming service or something we are tom cruise fans on this podcast if you haven't found out uh <laughs> the church of scientology regularly gives us checks yes and, yes uh, of course they are, are our sponsored. biggest supporter <laughs> yeah, you gotta be careful uh saying things about the church of scientology on the internet don't you isn't that isn't that a thing yeah they're gonna take away my thetans or whatever right you are a uh I go from level a thousand down to level two or something. Right. <laughs> You're never gonna meet the xenomorph. Exactly. Exactly. Or Xenu. President President Xenu. <laughs> as long as long as I spend eternity on a planet with John Travolta and his like get up from Battlefield Earth, I'll I'll be happy. Uh, yep. All right. <laughs> Let's shut this we've, down. Yeah, we're, it's late. We've gone too far here. We we've gone too far. 